Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111-337-706-0111. We're going to start a new segment talking Pels with our good friend Nick Fontenot in the next segment. Other than that, we're going to have open phone lines. And we've, we've obviously got lots to discuss. On a side note, I did it yesterday, by the way. This, I'm thinking, is the earliest, and again, I can't say this is an absolute fact because I don't, I guess I, it's always a year, it's possible there's a year that I forget that that I could for, forget, but I'm pretty sure it's the earliest ever in the history of my life as a sports fan. I, I, I don't know why I did it. I didn't intend to do it, but it's just something that came to my mind and I, and I did it and, and for the, I looked at a mock draft for the first time yesterday. I don't think I've ever done it before the first playoff game was played. <laughs> ever. I don't I guess it's possible I have, but I don't remember. I, I think that was the I, I don't know when I'll look at the second one. Hopefully that'll be at least, you know, a month away. It's way too early to be doing that. But I did it and I'm like, what did you just do? Are you crazy? Um I don't know. I I was like I um it kind of gave me a little bit of a feel of what the draft was going to be like. And I don't know. It, it just, uh, I, I just, I just do not like rookie quarterbacks. I'm just telling y'all that right now. I just do not like rookie quarterbacks, but we'll see how it plays out. But Cajuns got a nice win, got a couple nice wins, men and the women last night. I say nice wins. All wins are good, especially when you, you know, you've lost some games early on in conference and you need to get going a little bit. Um, you know me. I like making free throws. The Cajun men, what, missed 10 free throws. The women missed 11. 21 missed free throws last night by the Cajun men and women. Way too much. Way, 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 way too many. The you know if you'd have told me yesterday that the Cajun men are going to go to Monroe, they're going to commit twenty turnovers, and they're going to miss ten free throws. I would say that that does not sound good, and they led wire to wire, never trailed in one by thirteen, <laughs> just crazy. Now. The only way you can do that is the way they did it. 
and that was they shot incredible. They shot 61% from the field. It was their highest shooting percentage for a game in conference play in six years. So it was uh, an incredible shooting performance, and and frankly, I, I got a chance to see a little bit of it while I was covering the women in our pretty good chunk of it man Monroe just took so many bad shots I mean just bad shots after bad shots I mean that I don't know anyway um the Cajun were way too sloppy and I think you know they jumped out to what was it a 21-4 leader I mean they led by a lot early right off the bat and so I think you can get I think that had a lot to do with the sloppiness the game gets sloppier when, when when you have that big of a league pretty easily. So I think that had something to do with it. So I'm not overly upset. I do think it was a game where it would have been nice to have Michael Thomas. I think, and look, they won the game, so it's not like anything was bad. But it, it, it was the first game where I'm like, man, it would have been really good to have Michael Thomas in that game. And – Again, his his concussion protocol must not be going well. He He's not even on the bench for the home games. I don't know if he was on the bench last night because I wasn't in Monroe. But, um, you know, I don't know how close he is to coming back and, and, and how close. I asked Coach Marlin, how close is he going to be to picking up where he left off? And he didn't really answer it. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm starting to get a little bit of an uneasy feeling about the severity of that situation. But. Um, they won the game. Now, again, they were up by as much as 24. That 24 lead got cut to seven with like four, a little over four minutes to go. And then they ended up winning by 13. So was it a perfect performance? No, you cannot keep missing 10 free throws in conference games and expect that not to haunt you. That's going to come back to bite you. And you certainly can't keep, you know, they, they've been averaging – you know, they've been more in the 11 or 12 range in turnovers, and they got all the way up to 20. I mean, you can't, you keep doing that, you're going to lose. That was just, uh, that was kind of a bizarro game, really. Um, and so hopefully they can, we'll see what they do. Look, as frustrating as the 0 2 start was for a lot of people in conference play, if the Cajuns, and look, I, do I think they're better in South Al? Yes. Do I think they're better in Arkansas State? Yes. Do I think they're better in Texas State? Yes. That doesn't mean you're going to win, especially on the road. So, but if they can win two of these next three games, you kind of start liking their chances of finishing in the top two or three in the league. You really, you really like um, the chances. I'm being told that Michael was on the trip and, and, and was in Monroe last night. So that, 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 that's a good sign. Um, but no, if they can, if the Cajun can win two of the next three road games, I kind of like their chances of finishing, you know, in the top two or three, maybe even winning the league. The, the, the way the league is looking, James Madison got beat again last night. Most games are like one or two or three point games you got a lot of teams losing. If you look at who's about to play one another, I don't think anybody's going to run away and hide. And as long as long as the Cajuns stay within a game or tied of the top spot, and if they can just, 
get to where when they get to the last eight games where six of the last eight are at home, if they can stay within a game of first or so or close to that one way or the other, and going into those final eight games with six of eight at home, hmm, you can make some hay there, no question. Now, the women, uh, they won the game, you know, what, by 11 points, I think. I mean, look, a win is a win, you know. I mean, a win, you you take wins, okay. But I did not like the way they played offensively. I'm hoping that – I was hoping to see a little more progress offensively. I like the way Lene Wheaton shot the ball. Don't like the overall look of the offense just yet, but it's still early. Still early. We'll see what happens. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, Kevin. How's it going? Hanging in there. How are you, sir? Good. Hey, quick question about the Saints. Do you want them to sign a free agent quarterback or draft one? I, I pretty much know what your answer is going to oh, be. Oh, no, but... I want a free agent quarterback. Yeah, I, I don't – Um. I mean, I'm okay with Derek Carr. I'm intrigued. I'm not like, oh, they gotta have Derek Carr. But I, I'm I think Derek Carr's a good guy. I think he would fit in perfect. I think he's not young. He's not old. He's not young. He's I, I don't I don't I think you could probably get four or five years. I don't know that Derek Carr is gonna be a guy that when he's thirty eight is gonna still be performing at a really high level. Uh, but I think you could get four, four or five years potentially out of him. I think he would fit in perfectly. I think he's better, way better than what they had. Um, you know, like yesterday we were talking about stuff like going after, you know, Lamar Jackson. You know, we'll see. But, but no, you know me. I, I am not a rookie quarterback guy at all. Right. And I think it's uh, very important about uh, a new offensive coordinator. I think they need to make the right choice. I saw this. Someone online was talking about the San Francisco 49er passing coordinator possibly becoming the uh, offensive coordinator. Yeah, Have I've seen. I've uh, well, I mean, I saw what you're talking about the, you know, list of guys, and he he's certainly one of them. Um, you know, there's a guy from the Rams that people are talking about. I, I who who knows who that would be? I don't I don't know. They just look. I, I don't I don't think it needs to be. I mean, they've got to get a running back. You know, I've been saying that for two years. It doesn't matter who the coordinator is. You have to have a running back. And, uh, uh, you know, so, yeah, they need to change their approach. No question. Also, one more question. That quarterback from Lutcher that's going to uh, sign or committed to the Cajuns, what do you think about uh, – is he going to be a play quarterback or is he going to play another position, do you think? That's a good question. When I asked that question, I was told yes. Uh, but again, he he doesn't, you know, I don't, um, he doesn't seem to be, he's a guy who can really run, can he pass, he's high character, fits right into what they do. We'll, 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 we'll see. I, I don't, um, my, my, that was my first question as well. And I was told that the plans are at quarterback, at least to start, so we'll see. I think most people are looking at who the future is, but you never know. We all know with, in college f- football right now, it's it's crazy. You can never you never know who's going to hang around and, who, and who's not. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Well, Kev, when I heard you say uh, I found myself uh, wishing uh, Michael Thomas was available for this game, uh, I said that for about 15 and a half uh, Saints games this yeah. year as well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 yes. 
I was like a little flashback there. Man. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, no, uh, the reason I was calling um, was, you know, I, I, and I, look, I, I agree. I, I'd much prefer, you know, we just looked so much into the Drew Brees situation um, to have a guy who had a little experience before. and, and uh, uh, But, you know, realistically, most of the NFL veteran quarterbacks that are kind of reclamation projects that, you know, they generally don't pan out every now and then you have, you know, some that do, but and, and the, my big problem is with drafting a rookie quarterback. I, I don't trust this staff to develop them. You know, that's, that's my main concern. Uh, uh, you know, and, and, and honestly, we, we never drafted anybody real high, but, but certainly Sean, his, his his value for Gary Grayson and Ian Book was a lot higher than I yeah. Think. Sean was terrible. Sean wanted no part of a rookie quarterback. That's why when people yeah. talk about him going to the Texans or him going right. to uh, the Cardinals and drafting a rookie quarterback, I'm like I, that just doesn't sound like Sean Payton to me. No, not 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 not, not at all. all. I mean, uh, Sean Sean doesn't. I don't know that he likes. I'm sorry, I'm Sean. His name is Casper, but Casper doesn't yeah. really like. Veteran, I mean, rookie quarterbacks any more than I do, I don't believe. I don't think so either. My only – I just kind of wonder in Denver, and, and you know, I heard um, them saying, you know, Sean's not afraid of competition, and, and I know he's not. He has that swagger. But realistically, would you – I don't – I think Russell Wilson's past, past his prime myself. But, you know, even if, even if he were to be able to be salvaged, do you really want to face Mahomes and, and Justin Herbert in that division twice a year. Well, I, not I, I, really. But again, if you go back, you know, the, Russell Wilson was among the discussions with the Saints, a, you know, a year or two, a year ago oh, and yeah. two years ago. Yeah. And I remember saying at the time, I don't think he matches up with Casper. Casper's about th- his offense, at least with Drew Brees, was always about throwing on time. Russell Wilson is the opposite of that. Right. I, I I don't so, know. He would have to change what he does. I, you know, I, I don't know that he matches up with Russell Wilson. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree there. And I, honestly, the more things go, um, I really can see him just sitting one more year. I'm worried, you know yeah. How it is. But with the NFL, there's always, you know, we, we don't expect there might be an opening here or there or whatever next year, but it, there always is. You know, I mean, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, somebody retires, somebody gets burnt out, somebody has health issues. I mean, it it, it happens in the coaching profession. And I, I can just see him saying, because, look, honestly, I know he's not old, but don't you agree that this next stop will more than likely be, be his final head coach? Pro- oh, well, you never know, but that, that's a fair statement. Yeah, it's a fair expectation, yeah. I mean, I would think he'd want it to I don't be think he's a guy that's going to be coaching, you know, in George, looking like George Hallis. No, I don't think that's going to happen. I'm with you. No. Yeah, yeah so, so anyway, so I will – We'll see, but I mean, and and my last question for you, and I'll hang up and listen, Kevin, because I I know this is probably controversial with a lot of Saints fans, but you know we're all sitting here. I, I say we all. Uh, if you go, you know, go with Twitter boards and all that, man, the expectations for what they're gonna. If let's just say he, you know, he uh, the Cardinals do decide to to offer him a contract. I think it's very unrealistic to think we're going to get that number three. Oh no, I, I don't think, think that's going to happen. I said that yesterday. I I, I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. Now, if he would go to the Texans, I think it's fairly realistic that they would get the twelfth pick, 12th, but they're not yeah. getting a two pick. 
And, and they're not getting a three pick from the Cardinals. No, I, I think that's I think that's over the top wishful thinking. Yeah, I just think as Saints fans or some Saints, uh, you know, look, I love what Sean Payton did for this franchise. I will be forever grateful to him. But I think the our opinion of him as a you know all around head coach might be a little bit higher. Yeah, you know, valued a little bit higher. Uh, I don't know. I, I think the outward. Yeah. I think most of the NFL world thinks pretty highly of him. They, well, they, they, so. they, they, they haven't felt the pain of all his stupid challenges. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Yeah, I know. we and have some of those heartbreak. Yeah. So it was heartbreaking. Look, I know some of those calls in the in the playoff games were beyond his control. But man, he he called a couple of bad games in the playoffs too. Man, he called a couple. Their, of their adjustment to the Vikings was was way too late. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, so anyway, we'll right. see what happens. I, I hope hoping the best. But I I think if anybody if 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 anything happens with him this year, it's going to be a, a a late surprise uh, in that. Uh, you know, like a Dallas goes out in the first round, and 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 Jerry Jones pursues him. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm worried. I'm worried that that you're correct, but 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 we'll see. And and if the Chargers fire, then I think that's a slam dunk. But I, I just don't think that's going to happen. But we'll see. I promise. My real quick final question. I just saw Jim Merce tweet out that he just concluded the interview with uh, Eric Bieniemy, and he had some you know a little uh, I don't know football and a, a muscle flex uh, symbol. But I thought you had to wait until – or the rule used to be you had to wait until a team was out of the playoffs. No, they, uh, guys are interviewing there now. Yeah, they're all, okay. the Eagles guys are interviewing too. Gotcha. Okay. All right, man. Well, have a good day, Kev. Thank, Thank you. you. We'll take a timeout. Come back. Nick Fotno on the other side on the game. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update. Presented by Tibbs Trailers here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Um want to remind you, tune in Saturday. LSU will be heading to Tuscaloosa to take on the number four ranked Alabama Crimson Tide. Pre-game, 2.30, tip set for 3 o'clock, and you can hear all the SEC action right here on the game. 103.7 Laviette, 104.1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. All right, we have with us old friend Nick Fontenot. How are you, sir? Doing good, Kevin. How are you? Well, you know, I'm still trying to get release the anger from last weekend, Sunday's game and the whole season. And, you know, someone sent me a, a, a text today with a picture of Mark Ingram running out of bounds short of the, you know, I, I don't, I think 10 years from now, we're still going to be talking about that stupid play. One yard, one yard away. Sickening. Absolutely sickening. But again, like when, when when the Titans lost to the Rams by one yard, the guy was actually tackled and stretching and trying to get one yard. In this case, they were one yard away, and he wasn't even trying. He 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 deliberately was one yard short. Deliberately. What could he possibly have been thinking? Oh, that play? I just, <laughs> I just. It's like. It's like in basketball, and we're about to talk about the Pelicans. It's like in basketball, it's like missing a snowbird dunk. It'd be like shot missing one on purpose. Yes. With I no agree. one around him. 
with no one around him. Unbelievable. All right. So I want to start, and I know you think about this stuff fairly often, but I want to start with this. If and, and if my timeline is a little off, just correct me. But about two years ago, the narrative of the Pelicans is they were – we didn't know. what Zion was never going to play. He needed to go to another team. Uh, the, the, the organization is in disarray. Um, you know, they're all injured all the time. And where in the world is this franchise going? And in a little less than two years, this franchise looks totally – different than any of that criticism and, and and wandering around in no man's land and, and it is so, it's unbelievable the turnaround yeah I think a lot of that goes to the credit of David Griffin and I was a huge uh, critic of David Griffin I didn't like any of the moves that he made I felt like he lucked into that number one pick and got Zion Williamson and all the moves that he made kind of didn't work out then he makes the Anthony Davis trade for you know Brandon Ingram and a bunch of other pieces uh, and then they hired Willie Green, and I think that that made all the difference. They they had Stan Van Gundy for one year, and I think they recognized that that was not going to work out. And so instead of doing what I think the Saints are going to do, which is go two or three years with Dennis Allen before they fire him, they got rid of Stan Van Gundy, and they brought in Willie Green, and he has made all the difference. Just brought a culture of, of winning over from Phoenix, and it's, it's really – it's really translated, and I don't think we can also underestimate the uh, contribution of C.J. McCollum. He, he's brought leadership, and the team didn't have veteran leadership that the team didn't have, and really embraced the city of New Orleans. And, Kev, you know, when somebody embraces the city of New Orleans, New Orleans will love them back, and that's exactly what happened with C.J. McCollum, and it's made the world a difference. Willie Green and C.J. McCollum have been great moves, and I made a full 360 on David Griffin. I was ready for him to go, and now I'm like, man, he can't do anything wrong. Well, and and I mean McCollum was always a good player, but he's been and he been better than you thought he was going to be. Yeah, I didn't think he was going to be able to come into this team and fit in as quickly and as 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 well as he has. And absolutely, he's been way better than I thought he was. You know, he's not a number one option. He can be, and he does take over some games. But he's more of a facilitator, and he he can score. He can get you thirty. Like the other night against the Pelicans, I think he had, against the Celtics. He had 38, so he, he can lead the team in scoring and, and do his thing. But for the most part, he's like the field general on, on, on the court, and it really gets those guys going. And he's played way better than I thought he was. He's been in way better than I thought he was. And he's just been a, a true blessing to the team. And I don't think they would be anywhere near where they are in the standings or where they are in the, I guess, the pantheon of the NBA teams that were thinking where, you know, this team has a chance to make a run without C.J. McCollum. Even if they had Zion, even if they had Brandon Ingram, Without C.J. McCollum, I think he ties it all together. The other thing is, I don't know, two, three, four years ago, the West was so strong and the East was, you know, all the sports elitists were constantly making jokes about it. And now that the Pelicans are a factor, that's not really the case anymore. You know, you could argue the East is better than the West now. So that's kind of happening at the right time as well for the Pelicans. Yeah, you see the, the old guard of the West is kind of at the bottom of the standings. The Lakers, uh, even the Suns and the Warriors are down there, the seven and eight spot. So those teams were the number one and number two seeds last year. They're down at the bottom. And now you're seeing some new teams. Like you see Denver at the top of the lineups with Jokic, which he, he's doing. What a great player he is. And then you got Memphis and New Orleans right there in the top three. So it, it's 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 almost like a changing of the guard is happening right before our eyes. The Warriors dominated last year and won the, won the championship. And you thought, hey, they're just going to come back and, and be just as good. And 
for whatever reason, they're struggling. The Phoenix is struggling, and you got the new teams up there. And I'm, I'm more than happy to take advantage of whatever's going on that has New Orleans right in the mix of things. You know, the thing that's exciting, if I'm a Pelican fan, I guess it depends on how you look at it, but is, and I don't think the NBA's going to like this at all, but let's say things continue the way that they are. The Mavs, the Grizzlies, and the Pelicans are all going to be pretty good for a while, and that is not prime NBA cities and prime NBA region, but that could be a lot of fun for the next five or six years. Yeah, you know, the NBA is about players more, more than about teams. And, yeah, you know, the Lakers and Celtics and, and even the Knicks, even though they've struggled for the past, I don't know, three decades, but those are your premier teams. But it's about players, and, and NBA has done a way better job than any other league in marketing players. And so if you can market Luka, you can market, market Jokic, and, of course, Zion uh, and John Morant and those guys, I mean, that, that's, that's what the league's been built on, even in the days of, of Jordan and, and those guys. You built it around players, and so I think they're not going to have a problem. I think you're right. They prefer if it were the Lakers and the Celtics. And, and look, the Celtics are probably the best team in the league, so they're going to be right there. But as far as the West goes, I think it's all about marketing the players, and I think the NBA is going to do a good job of kind of rallying behind those guys, and, and, and I don't think they're going to skip a beat. Do you think that, any, that there's any remaining doubt in Zion's mind that he needs to stay here? for the, Has he totally been flipped? Or is that still a little bit of a mystery there? I, I don't think it ever was a problem. I think that was a media thing. I don't think he ever was looking to leave. I think that was just a, a lot of people uh, talking. And he, and the man was unhealthy. I, mean, I think he's still unhealthy. Like, he's out right now. I don't know when he's going to come back. They're saying three weeks. I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be closer to six weeks. I'm, I'm actually thinking it's going to be closer to two or three months. Like, this, his hamstring and his body is just not built for the way he plays basketball. Like he's just so dominant and violent that he's just prone to injury so i don't know how true any of that stuff was kevin i mean it was a lot of rumors it was a lot of a lot of people that aren't uh involved with the team a lot of uh national media you know how the national media is they don't follow this team they don't know what's going on and i think zion maybe if he was thinking about leaving once he saw what the pelicans did last year without him with brandon ingram and cj mccollum kind of leading them to the playoffs lead them to that uh that play-in win and then going to the suns and really playing them tough in that series, he was like, man, I want to be a part of this. And the team is just gelling. The team is together. You can tell they play for each other. A lot of basketball teams don't play like that. And you can watch the Pelicans, and you can tell that from the guy on the end of the bench to Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram, like, they're all playing together. They all know their role. They all accept their role, and they don't have a problem with it. And I think Zion enjoys being a part of that and also being the face of the team and, and, and maybe even one of the faces of the league. And I think he could do that in New Orleans. He, he recognizes that he doesn't have to be in one of those big markets to get that done. And, and so I, I, think he's, I think he's enjoying it. I think he's in New Orleans to stay, at least for, you know, the next four or five years. Now, you know, these guys move around all the time, so I wouldn't be surprised if he ever left. But right now with discord players, I think Zion's more than happy being here. But is he ever going to be able to play a full season? I don't think so. I, I really, as much as I hate to say it, like, he, he was doing so good this year. And he looked so explosive, and he looked so healthy. Like, there was nothing wrong. And then all of a sudden, his hamstring out of nowhere uh, uh, pops up. That, that was an injury that he's never had before, and now it's all of a sudden uh, an injury that's probably going to be hampering him for, for the next two or three months and, and probably the rest of the season. I don't think he's ever going to be fully healthy. So, no, I think the answer to your question is he's never going to be able to play a full season. He's not quite like Anthony Davis. I think Anthony Davis is, 
is just a, a soft player. Zion's not that. He just the way he plays. It, it's he, he's it, a bull in a china hard. shop. He's just he's a bull in yes. a china shop. Yes, that's what he is. And, and I, I don't know. And I don't know if he can adjust his playing style. But I, the only way that he'll be able to sustain an eighty-two game season and even be able to play seventy games or sixty-five games, he's going to have to adjust the way he plays. And if he does that, I don't know if he's going to be as dominant as, as he's been. So I, I think we're always going to be looking at a, a stretch of the season in his career where he's going to miss uh, a handful of games. All right. Are we uh, close to having this another mystery Ill injury situation with a premier New Orleans pro athlete? Like, wh- what's going on with Ingram? Yeah, I, it, it sure seems that way. I mean, every time you think he's going to come back or he's about to come back, a, a new report comes out where there's a setback there and you know even even the guys that are covering like Andrew Lopez I mean we, we remember Andrew Lopez from covering uh high school sports a few years ago he, he's one of the best reporters for the Pelicans and I'm kind of in tune to his Twitter feed and what he's saying and he was sure that Brandon Ingram was going to be coming back a couple weeks ago and then all of a sudden out of nowhere a report comes out and and, and there's a setback so yeah it sure seems that way and I don't know what's going on with the medical staff of both the Pelicans and the Saints. I don't know if they're sharing medical staff. I don't know if they're separate. But it sure seems to be like a a, a problem with both teams where these injuries just seem like they're going to heal and then they don't. And we're missing Brandon Ingram. I mean, I, we're missing Zion, of course. But if, if Brandon Ingram can come back, he would at least be able to stop gapping until Zion potentially comes back. Well, without either one of them on the court, it's really hard to beat elite teams like Boston. And we saw that uh, – we saw that the other night where they just had no chance against Boston without their two best players. Well, and that's understandable, but the beauty of it is here and there, now, against teams like the Celtics, it's not going to show up. But against other teams, like, you know, you play one of the worst teams in the league in the Pistons, uh, what, tomorrow night. Um, you know, against those teams, we've seen guys like Murphy and, and, and these other guys, Marshall, step up, and that's going to help you down the road, theoretically. Yeah, Najee Marshall has, has, has had a big role uh, in this season. He's kind of stepped up and, and filled in. He's had some 20-point games. So, yeah, I mean, the, like, like I said earlier, the role players are accepting their role, whatever it is. So if Zion and Brandon Ingram are in the lineup, they'll accept their role of, of coming off the bench, getting eight, ten minutes, and, and scoring six points. If they're not in the lineup, they're stepping it up. You know, that next man up mentality, uh, it doesn't play so well in football. But in basketball, it, it can do a big thing for you. Remember, these guys are really good players. If they're in the league, they're elite players. And Najee Marshall's kind of stepped up and said, hey, look, Zion's out. I'm going to play that role as Zion. Now, he's not as explosive and dominant as Zion is, but he, he plays his role well. And, and, and the rookies from last year, Trey Murphy and, and Jose Alvarado and, and Herb Jones, they're, they're big parts of the future and big parts of what the Pelicans do. So, so, yes, you're right. When they play a team like the Pistons, like I fully expect them to win the game. They should have no problem. Uh, beating the Pistons, but when you play those elite play, elite teams, you really want to have your elite players. But but the the role players are playing their role, whatever it is, be it on the bench or having to fill in. They do a good job at it, and that's what I like about this team. They they, they can beat you in a number of ways. And then what? A, three days from now or so, you're playing Cleveland, and it's amazing what one player can do to a franchise in the NBA. You don't get that as much in other sports, but in the NBA, you get one player. I mean. Uh, the Cavaliers are a different animal this year. Yeah, I mean, you can just give the ball to that guy and let him do what he does. You can't do that in football. 
You can't do that in baseball. Like, you need everybody to be playing together. Baseball player only comes up <laughs> once every nine times. And, and, and a football player, you need your quarterback to get you the ball, to, to throw the ball. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a much different game where you can just say, hey, here's Donovan Mitchell, go out there and, and do what you're going to do, and he can take over a game. And so I think that's what we're kind of relying on with, with Brandon Ingram at the end of the game. You know, Zion kind of plays the role in the first few quarters where he – he controls the game and then they kind of let Brandon Ingram do his thing. Cause I think, I still think the offense runs through Brandon Ingram. I, I know Zion's the, the face of the team and all that stuff, but I still think we're relying on Brandon Ingram to be the primary starter. And we just haven't had a whole lot of experience or, uh, you know, time with those guys playing together with CJ and Zion and Brandon Ingram, all three of them playing together. I think once they get together and once they gel and build that chemistry, you're really going to have something special. And I think you're going to have a legitimate championship contender, but right now with all these injuries, we're just not able to see it. It's fun when your team is great and is like where the Astros are right now. It's fun. But do not do you agree with me? It's actually more fun right now where Pelican fans are. The, the beginning of that rise when you start going upward is actually more fun right now than it is to want, than if you ever get to the point where you arrive and you're consistently great. Of course. I, I Obviously, as a Saints fan, all I wanted was one, right? I just wanted one Super Bowl. Just get me one, and I'll be happy. And they got me one, and I've been spending the last 16 years trying to get another one. Yeah. <laughs> it's been it's been almost as miserable trying to get the second one than it was to get the first one. But until you get the first one, it's all about the first one. And everything that happens is hey, maybe they can do it next year. Maybe they can do it next year. We experienced it with the Saints, and they finally got – got over the hump so yeah you're looking at the pelicans and you're like this is the beginning this is the you know the 2006 2007 saints where you're like oh man like eventually they're gonna put it together and win one that's what you're kind of thinking about the pelicans here like right now it's like oh wow this this is really starting to happen and maybe maybe last year you didn't think that but this year you're like yeah yeah a, a championship is is in the future it might be two or three years down the road but i think they're gonna get one all righty, sir. Well, I appreciate your time, and uh, I thought we would get to the Saints, but no time. We'll we'll, we'll get to that eventually, but uh, we'll see what happens o- over the week. Appreciate your time. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you very much, sir. All right, Kevin. Thank you. Nick Fontenot, just he and I, like, we don't agree on everything, but I think we understand each other as fans, like, you know, um, we, 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 we just, he, he gets it. Um, he just, the man hates Dennis Allen more than I do. Let's just put it that way. (laughs) But man, he can, uh, wear the emotions day to day fan. He, 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 he gets it. He gets it. All right. We'll take a time out. Come back with more on the game. Southwest. Here on footnotes, you may not always exactly hear what you want to hear, but you will hear what you need. And of course I got all these, oh, you're an idiot. And, you know, what kind of safe fan are you? Look, I'm not telling you what I want to happen. I'm telling you what's going to happen. What more than likely is going to happen. Back to more of the sports talk you need to listen to with footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to footnotes. Wild card weekend, Sunday, triple header action. 
starting off with the Bills and the Dolphins around noon, about 3.30. The Vikings and the Giants, I think on paper, might be the closest of all the games. Uh, We'll see how it plays out. And then Sunday evening, another game that a lot of people expect to be a blowout, the Bengals and the Ravens. All the action begins with with 11.30 pregame. And runs all the way up till what? It's probably going to finish about 10.30 or so. So wild card NFL playoff action all day, triple header Sunday. And you can hear all of that right here on the game, 103.7 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. All right, so I thought we were going to talk about that more this week. It just got, we got sidetracked with all the rumors about coaching uh, you know, the Casper and where he's going and, and oh, man, I, I'm still extremely concerned about this Lamar Jackson to the Falcons thing. Folks, Clint was telling me, oh, you don't even need to worry about that. I said, are you crazy? Have you ever watched? The, the Saints now can't stop Cordero Patterson. How are they going to stop him if Lamar Jackson is their quarterback? I mean, this is, this would be a nightmare. The, uh, as a Saints fan, I mean, we really have to hope that doesn't happen. I mean, look, the Saints have paid the price. They've paid their penance. I mean, they had to – the Michael Vick era was a nightmare. The Saints could never tackle him, ever. They never tackled that guy. I don't want to have to go do that again. Can't do it. Just can't tackle him. Want no part of. I mean, that would be a complete nightmare. So we got sidetracked by that as well. But as far as the actual matchups, which one intrigues you the most? It just seems. Look, I, I I think the cheaters are in the Super Bowl. I mean, now if they go out and obviously they can lose. I mean, if they go out and get minus three and or a really good minus two and get a couple bad calls, they can lose. But if if the turnovers are even or within one, I don't think there's anybody's going to beat them. I think straight up, straight up, I don't think there's anybody going to beat the cheaters. Um, So I don't expect Seattle to beat them, but that is an old rivalry. Division games are just different. Those teams don't like one another. I just don't think Seattle's good enough defensively. I, I think – I think the cheaters will thrash them. Um, the Chargers and the Jags. I, I think the Chargers are better than the Jags, but the Chargers are the Chargers. Like they just, they just always seem to mess things up. So let me ask you this: If you're a Saints fan and you believe like me that if Staley gets fired, that Sean Payton's going to going to the Chargers. That seems like a that seems like a just boom, open and shut K. I mean, it just it just makes all the sense in the world if that happens. So as a Saints fan, are you really, 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 really pulling for the Jags? I mean, do you want them to go to the Chargers? I'd have no problem with him going to the Chargers. I'd have no problem with him going to the Broncos. Do you want to? It's like Something needs to happen because, like Ralph said, none of the 
different jobs that he's interviewing for look all that appealing to me. From his supposed criteria. Now, I think Denver has a chance to be good. But again, he supposedly wants, you know, it's about the front office. Well, they've got a new ownership group with zero track record. And they've got a GM who just pulled off one of the worst trades in recent memory. So, what is there to, you know, I mean, they've got a good defense. They've got, over the years, they've had a winning tradition, but lately they've been a disaster show. So, I don't know. What to think? I don't really like any of those options. So, if you're a Saints fan, are you hoping that the Jags win? You know, Mike Williams not playing would hurt, would help Jacksonville. But I still think the Chargers will win. But again, they're the Chargers. I mean, I just they just have a history of getting in their own way. They just can't get out of their own way. Um I don't think very many people at all think Miami has a chance to win. I don't think very many people at all think the Ravens have even a chance to win. Like, if you, you know, obviously you have diehard Raven fans and a, and a really die, it would take a really diehard Dolphin fan to think they're going to win. But other than those people, I don't think there's anybody in the country think the Ravens are going to win. And now, if Lamar Jackson was playing, even though he didn't have, he doesn't have a great playoff history, to be fair, um, you would give him a, a fighting chance, especially since the Ravens are pretty good at forcing turnovers, and turnovers are certainly the great equalizer. But um, on paper, those games t- seem to be mismatches. Now, again, they're division games. Division games are different, but I, I just I, I just don't think those teams have enough offense. I mean, the Dolphins cheated to get in the playoffs, let's be honest. It, I don't – well, I guess they could have beat the Bills in over – I mean, the Jets in overtime, but that, 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 they, the only reason they got in there is because that referee made that awful call. And the NFL doesn't have a way of correcting things, and so, you know, it got them in the playoffs. But, I mean, that, that, – Without that 15-yard penalty, I guess it's possible they could have won in overtime by default, but but they were probably going to lose that game. Um, and so I don't really give them any chance. Baltimore has the old punchers. Maybe they could force turnovers chance. But uh, most people really don't think they have any chance at all. So I, that leaves the two close. I think the close, the toughest one for me is the Vikings and the Giants. I I don't, I don't know what to predict in that game. Really, I, I don't have a good feel about that game at all. And the, and the Cowboys and the Yucks, very interesting matchup. So again, we'll talk a lot more about that. Would love to hear your opinions of those matchups in the second hour. For now, we'll take a timeout. Come back, finish out the first hour next on the game. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. Um, 
No, the um, we mentioned the Pels play the Pistons, and then the Pels play Cleveland. They got lots of days off, like two days off. They played a night and then two days off. Kind of strange, but that you know that happens. The, the NBA schedule, there's not. And at least from what I can see, quite as much rhyme. It's not nearly as structured and not as much rhyme or reason as the uh, NBA schedule or the NFL schedule. But um, they tend to, at times, you get some days off, more days off than you than you get a lot of times in other sports. And I don't have any concept of the hockey schedule. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what they do. But, no, you could just sense it, it's going to be fun talking to Nick. I, I'm not a Pelicans fan. I just because I, I, that's just not how I tick. I, I, you know, I think that I don't know. I don't know what would have happened because, like, I, I really followed the Jazz the two years that they were in New Orleans. Watched as many games as I could. I listened to them on the radio, um, and so I followed the Jazz. But I was already a Laker fan, and then. I think I would have been just been pulling for both of them, which would have been difficult to do because I was already a Laker fan in the 80s when the Lakers, you know, had that incredible decade with them, you know, Bird Magic and all that stuff. Uh, You know, I don't think I could have – I wouldn't have stopped being a Laker fan because I was already a Laker fan before the Jazz even came to New Orleans. But if New Orleans – if the Jazz had stayed in New Orleans – then I'm sure I'd have been pulling for them, and maybe by the time I got older, I'd have converted. I don't think so, though, because I'm not really a a jump ship guy. And so I, I don't know what would have happened. But uh, certainly there's zero chance. Um, you know, well, first of all, I'm not a really, a, really a fan of any basketball team. Like I, that, that pro, some of the promos we do are just silly, and some of them are accurate. I, I had to give up basketball. I, I, I don't. I would be having to take triple dose of blood pressure medicine if I'd stayed a basketball fan. But so has zero chance. But I still will enjoy watching the Pelican fans have fun with their with their rise to the top and we'll see what happens. So I'm gonna enjoy um weekly interviews with Nick about it. It's gonna be fun as the season goes on. It's really gonna be fun when it becomes playoff time. All right, that'll do it for the first hour. Another hour to follow. Next, stay tuned. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers. And the World Series champion, Houston Astros, simulcast on Stadium 32.3, 133 on LUS Fiber. Again, the game hotline is 337 706-0111. 706-0111. I want to hear. I thought we would do this earlier in the week. As I said, last hour didn't happen. Other stuff kept coming up. Um, But I would love to hear... Who do you think is going to win and why? Again, I think most people in the very, the you know, 90-something percent of the, the, the fans outside of the actual teams playing believe that the cheaters are going to win and Seattle has very little chance. I'd give Seattle a little bit better of a chance than I would give 
Miami or Baltimore, but 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 not. Nah, I don't I don't really I think, you know, for playoff games in the NFL level, there are three teams that I don't th- I think like probably 80 to 90% of the fans outside the fan base, maybe even higher than that, just really aren't giving them any chance to win. So, now if you believe one of those three teams are going to win, then I would really love to hear from you cuz again, I'm not I'm not a sports elitist. I don't like I really don't like this. Oh, so and so's gonna win. I mean, I, I hate that, you know. In a in 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 what is supposed to be a competitive situation. So, if you have another way of looking at it and a reason to believe one of those three teams can win, I would love to hear that because I I'm I'm not um. I actually well I, don't, I wouldn't want them all to lose, but a couple of them it wouldn't it wouldn't break my heart if they lost for sure. But um, I don't think that's going to happen. Now, the Chargers and the Jags, the the Giants and the and the Vikings, the Cowboys and the Yucks. Hmm, I've heard a lot of difference of opinion both ways. A lot of difference of opinion. So, again, I certainly would love to hear if you are pretty convicted that one team, one of any, who's going to win in those matchups. The, the more competitive matchups of the weekend, um, I would love to hear why you think this team's going to win or that team's going to win. Um, something else that, you know, that came up this week was the transfer portal was always a topic of conversation and obviously it hit home with Walker Howard entering the transfer portal, former St. Thomas More All-State quarterback, uh, leaving LSU, and there's all kind of speculation he's going to go to TCU. Um, you know, some people are bringing up Florida, which would not shock. Neither one of those places would shock me at all, would even surprise me at all. Um, anything other than that, I guess I'd be mildly surprised. But in, in the world of college athletics, can anybody really be surprised anymore? I, I don't know. So far, the Cajuns have come out of this pretty good. And I stress, so far. You know, you never know when something's going to change. You know, they lost Dante Fleming to Tulane. They lost another wide receiver, Errol Rodgers, to Liberty. And a, and a kind of a, a safety-slash-star guy and, and Brandon Bishop to Liberty. All three of those guys played. But they aren't, they're all three very replaceable, you know. <clears throat> Fleming had his moments and Arrow had his moments, but neither one of them established themselves as primary targets. You know, it, they're guys that because of their experience, you would love for them to to have stayed, but you don't, at least there's no reason to believe that they aren't fairly replaceable. So I, you know, I'm sure the Cajun coaches wish they would have stayed. You know, Bishop's a guy who had his moments, uh, played a lot. But he kind of got passed up a little bit in playing time this year and uh, with Flowers. And, you know, I, I think, you know, he's a good player, not a great player. Again, replaceable. I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't need – none of those are like losing Osiris Torrance, which, by the way, is being projected by many as a first-round pick. That, you know, a first-round pick. Um. So the Cajuns lost off of last year's team, you know, Mitchell, who was picked, what, in the fourth round? 
and 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 started and played a lot for the Jets and and Osiris Torrance, who's projected to be a first round pick. So think about that when you evaluate the why the Cajuns got off to a slow start in in addition to all the other injuries they had on the offensive line. I don't you know, who we'll see I, I would be surprised if going into the summer all three quarterbacks are there, but none of them have entered the portal yet. The one I'm worried about is Neil Johnson. I'm, I'm a tight end guy. I'm really worried Neil Johnson could go somewhere, and I would think he's the one guy that I would think a Power 5 kind of team might look at and say, boy, we could use that guy's skill set. So I'm worried about Neil Johnson Um Entering the portal, and because truthfully, I thought he was going to have a big deal this year, and he still didn't have one. Like, I don't know why they don't utilize the tight end more, but it just never seems to happen. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Man, I think you were going to have to stop and talk to me. I'm sorry. I, I Sometime when I start a point, I want to finish. Yeah, uh, happy New Year, Kevin. I don't think we've spoken. Ha- in the happy New Year. New year. Been, uh, no, I'm still been, trying to get over Sunday. I've been out of, out of touch and out of whack. But anyway, uh, I want to uh, – I got a few topics, Kevin. Yeah, I want to tell – how can the season end with a game like that? And with all good conscience, you keep that guy, guy as your coach, Kevin. Then the South, Kevin, you realize that. The Saints won three games in a row with a formula that worked perfectly. I mean, they they obviously went to this formula because they sat down in a room and said, hey, look, guys, this is our only chance to win. Our defense is finally starting to play. Our only chance to win is to mix in this type of offense that we've been running. And listen, okay, bam. They went out to practice, obviously. They put it in. Listen, great, great plan. Those three games, I mean – the plan worked at perfection. So, Kevin, here we come to last Sunday. The plan's gone. Where's the plan? These geniuses, as we like to refer to coaches, these geniuses take the plan that they've been winning with for three weeks, throw it out the window. Number seven touches the ball five times. He runs it five times. I'm sorry, six times. He runs it five times. And he catches one pass for one yard. Doesn't throw a pass, Kevin. Doesn't throw a pass. And we inside the 20 on fourth and one with a single back, number 41, five yards in the backfield, and an extra lineman, three tight ends, and everybody on the field is within five yards, condensed, nose-to-nose. And we turn around and hand it to 41 without a single chance of that guy making a first down. He gets slaughtered. And and this coaching staff is what we are. Listen, we might as well turn off the TV, turn off the radio, and quit talking about the Saints as long as these clowns are our coaches, Kevin. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm going to stop and take a breath and let you – well, you know that's never going to happen as far as turning it off and quitting. I, I, I think, I think, other than Batman not throwing the ball, which you know me, I would, I would throw Batman between five and ten times a game. That's me, especially if my quarterback Correct. is Andy Dalton, the crawfish. But, um, but the games were all basically the same. I, I, you know, the Cleveland they got off to the slower start because of the stupidity 
of of not using um, seven in, in, in minus fifteen degree wind chill weather. But but essentially the games are all the same. They got a lead and the offense refused to put the game away. All three of those games that they won, that they would get it. They got a lead and the offense refused to put the team away. And the same thing that happened here. They just. And again, the, it would have all they been were, fine if that idiot kicker could kick games. a field goal. They were running the system. They didn't run the system on Sunday. They, they took the system and threw it out the window. I mean, it, it, yeah, but I, I, think, I think the, I think the, the Arnold's defense had something to do with it. And listen, we get the best game of the year out of 41. His best game. He looked like he wanted to play on Sunday. Oh, he was running like a like a demon. He looked like an NFL quarterback. He had some tough yards after cat after contact. And we didn't use seven at all and, and just gave the game away. I mean, I just thought I I I just these guys I, just I don't, don't think they match up with the Arnolds and I said it during the week. The 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 way to attack the Arnolds defense is to throw deep. And you're not gonna do that with Crawfish at quarterback. Yeah, you can't throw deep. Yeah, we know that. I mean, so I don't think they. I think they adjusted. I think they adjusted because of the defense. It's the it's the answer to your question. And all you had to do was kick field goals and you win. And and Will Lutz is an idiot. Right, you stupid kicker, Kevin. We got to cut that guy. He's got to go. So sick. He's on the roster next year. Once again, I know you never turn off the TV, and neither am I. But you just as soon. Okay. I want to say, as we already know, Kevin, I, I'm probably under you up against it, but the Walker Howard thing, I mean, you know, you can't be shocked at him. I know people are jaw-dropping, but the guy obviously goes in there and talks to the coaching staff, and they have to tell him, listen, right now you're number three, Cat. It appears as if you're number three for another year. So, I mean, this guy's not sitting there for another year. I mean, I know the LSU fans, this is not – 1978, when you play for the love of LSU or, you know, whoever. I mean, these dudes want to play. He wants to go to the NFL. So, you know, I mean, you can't blame anybody. I don't know who likes it. Nobody probably likes it, but it is what it is. And I know we've all, most of us have come to that, come to grips with it and come to that realization. So, but I, I mean, I don't think anybody. He he never thought he was going to be sitting for two years when he came to LSU. Right? No, I'm 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 with you. I, I I'm with you. I'm with you there. Okay, All righty, sir. Going, you got me all fired up again. I'm sorry, Kevin. I'm okay. Sorry. And listen, the only game I really I mean, those two games I'm interested in. Well, actually, Kevin has three. Bills. Uh, I mean, uh, Giants and Vikings. I think the Giants got a shot. Uh, Ravens. I mean, Jaguars and uh, and Chargers, Chargers. Just because the young quarterback, man, I'm, that's a 50-50. And the Monday night is obviously intriguing because everybody's waiting to see if they lose. Cowboys can possibly lose, and, you know, what Jerry Jones going to do. So it's those are things. But I think that the Cowboys are going to win, but, man, that's also a tough thing. All right, Kevin, y'all have a great weekend. You too. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Hello. Hey, Kevin. Yes, sir. Hey, this is Shane, Vikings fan. How are you, sir? I've been on I've been on hold for so long. I forgot uh, I forgot what I wanted to talk I'm about. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh 
I mean, what, no, what do you no, think? I, I don't know what to think of the Vikings-Giant matchup. I, I kind of go both ways a little bit. Uh, well, it starts with stopping their running back. They have a very good one. So it starts with we've got to stop him. And uh, and Daniel Jones, he's a threat to run also. So, right. yeah, got our hands full, no doubt. How, how have y'all though, been? I mean, but we'll see. Now, most people look at the Vikings' pass defense as their problem, not as much the run defense. And so, in that way, I don't know that the Giants match up as great against the Vikings' defense as some teams do. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, uh, they have good receivers, but they're not, you know, uh, I think we have the better receivers. Oh, absolutely. Sure. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean – if we got to keep him contained in the pocket, that's for sure, because he'll kill you on third down, you know, when he needs to run. So we'll see. But, and then uh, I heard the, uh, the, well, yeah, the cheaters, that's what we call them, the cheaters. And uh, that's going to be a mud fest game. I don't know what's the playing surface in Cheetahville, but I heard it's it's been raining and it's going to be, Sloppy, so yes, and I think right. that favors the cheaters even more. So they probably right. figured out a way yeah. to to orchestrate that. Well, yeah, yeah, but I'm excited, looking forward to it, man. See what happens. All right, so one, one more question: Do you sure, buy yeah. all the Kirk Cousins negativity, or do you fight all the Kirk Cousins negativity going into the postseason? I was, I was always a. Kirk Cousins guy. I always wanted him. I mean, you knew what you were getting with him. I mean, uh, it was no surprise that he needs a lot of pieces behind, you know, around him and everything to to make things work, you know. So, well, I'm very happy with Kirk Cousins. Yeah, hopefully, you know, yeah. And fortunately, he has a lot of pieces around him. He really does. I mean, now yeah, you you've yeah, got some I mean, in. I, I, got I, some good pieces around him. So absolutely. And, yeah, and uh, I'm hoping Harrison Smith can play because he's been troubled with a knee. I think he's you know he's getting up there in age, but he's one of my favorite players. So hoping he can go. All Who right, sir. For? Well, I appreciate the call. You Thank you wins? for being patient, Kevin. Kevin who, hold on, Kevin. Who okay. do you hope wins? Oh, Giants and Vikings. I mean, wait, you know I hope the Giants win over the Vikings, oh. but oh. I'm I'm being nice oh. about it. I'm trying to be – I mean, look, the Vikings are like – they're in my top five most hated teams ever. Are you are you kidding me? You got to know that. <laughs> no, well, and you know again – You know the, who's on my dislike list? I don't like using the words hate, but uh, it's the Cowboys and the Cheaters. Yeah, that would be my top two. I'm with you. I'm with there. you. I don't even Green Bay doesn't even really bother me. Oh, that much, to be honest with you. If I was you, I I'd mean, hate Green Bay. <laughs> I think I think yeah. about hating them as a Saints fan, and they ain't really done that much to me over the years. But man, if I was you, I'd hate them. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Th- thank Good you. I appreciate the call. Yeah. Bye bye. Um. No, I. Look, the Giants, and I've talked about it before, the Giants have cheated me a couple times. They're, they're, you know, I, I could come up, you know, that 13-12 to 12 game in 1988, I will never get over. Cheated me not only out of a, a playoff spot, but a division title. Got cheated in that game. Uh, you know, it wasn't cheating, but th- that, you know, well, uh, 
then there was the 9-11 game with the Giants where they called 75 penalties on the Saints. The, of course, the Saints are the team that's got to play the Giants after 9-11 on the road, and they call like threw like 75 flags on the Saints. I mean, it was unbelievable. Um, and then that game, that wasn't the, it was all the Saints' fault when they, when they gave up like 42 kickoff returns for touchdown and set the all-time NFL record. So I got plenty of games against the Giants where I felt cheated or or just the maximum frustration, that stupid holding call. They called on Mark Ingram again. Here we go with Mark Ingram again. He run, They throw a screen. He runs. They call a phantom holding call out of the blue. And then, they, and then the midgets block a field goal and return it for a touchdown to beat the Saints. I mean, just unbelievable. Like, I can come up. But, but at the same time, the Giants have also beaten one at Cheetle Stick with five field goals. I mean, they went to Cheetle. They, 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 they have this thing. They can beat the Cheaters and they can beat the Patriots. That kind of makes you feel a little better about the world and good and evil. And so, you know, they've. Uh, it's been a weird relationship with the. So no, while while they've cheated me a couple times. That that I will never get over for the rest of my life. I will. Uh, I, I got. I got to pull for the Giants over the Vikings. Now that doesn't mean I think they're going to win. I hadn't figured that out yet, to be honest with you. But um, but no, I'm. I hope the Giants beat the beat the Vikings. Can't stand the stupid Vikings. I hate Fran Tarkin. Hate him. Hated Fran Tarkin. Hated the Vikings. I didn't hate Bud Grant, but, man, you want to talk about – if you don't think the Vikings are a good stop team, just look at Bud Grant's face. I think they hired Ju- Jerry Burns just because he's uglier than Bud Grant was. But, anyway, we'll take a timeout. Come back, talk more to you on the game. Southwest Louisiana's sports station in your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. Which NFL MVP annoys Kevin Foote the most? Who is Aaron Rodgers? He's the most arrogant athlete I've ever seen. I think he's really, to his core, that arrogant. He really believes, why in the world are you even speaking to me? You are a lower form of human being. That kind of arrogance is what I'm talking about, and I think that's who Aaron Rodgers is. That is correct. Now, back to more footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Want to remind you to join the Game Rewards Club, the Game Clubhouse, by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com where you could win $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lesser Steakhouse, Cypress Bayou Casino Resort, or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. How about a $40 gift card to Misfits Dine and Drink in Broussard, or a $50 gift certificate for a great weekend night out at Richard Seafood Patio in Abbeville. Can't win any of these great prizes or others that come up from time to time. If you don't join and become a member of the Game Clubhouse by going to 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com today. All right. Again, the Game Hotline, 337-706-0111. As we go into an NFL, I think they're calling it Super Wild Card Weekend. 
Um, Chargers, Jags, I again, I think the Chargers are a little better than the Jags. Um, I expect the Chargers to win, but again, they're the Chargers. They just, if you know the history of them, they always seem to mess it up. I mean, you know, the famous example when Marty Schottenheimer was coaching them, they're playing the Patriots. The Patriots are right in the middle of their dominance. And Marty Schottenheimer tells them, if you get a pick, fall down. Like, the game is over. So what happens? Brady throws an interception because, by the way, Brady's playoff performance is highly overrated. He's had way more mediocre to bad playoff performances than than y'all realize. We went over that a couple years ago. Brady throws the pick to lose the game. And what does the Charger guy do? Continue to try to run back the ball after the pick to lose the game. And, of course, he fumbles. They give the Patriots the ball back, and they come back and win. Just complete luck. More pleasure cruise stuff. That You know, it's unbelievable how lucky that guy's been. He throws a pick to lose the game, and he wins. He throws three interceptions in the second half of a playoff championship game and wins. I mean, just, no, he's not lucky. No, he's just, no, he's not lucky. Um but no, that's just typical Chargers stuff. They just always find a way to mess it up. So um, I think they're better, player for player, but we'll see. And again, like I brought it up in the very first hour, um, if you're a Saints fan, do you want them to lose? And then hope that Staley gets fired, although I don't really think they're going to do that. But you could hope that. It's probably possible that they could fire him. And then that way, Casper goes there and you can put an end to all this speculation and move on and have a have a roadmap and, and, and see what, what trade they work out and be able to move forward. So... You know, mate, that that is a thought. I mean, I I could see a Saints fan wanting that to happen. If it happened, I wouldn't be upset. Uh, at least, again, you'd have a roadmap. You could start in all this speculation because I think that's a slam dunk if that happens. But but I don't. I really think that if, like I said last hour, I think if Casper goes to Denver, Arizona, or Houston, he's settling. Is he really going to settle right now? Does he feel like he holds too many cars to settle? But the one thing I do like about the Cardinals is the geography of it. It's not that far from L.A. It's not that far from a million golf courses where they got him. I mean, the weather's perfect there. And so he probably would love the climate, love the geography. Um, You know, he's kind of an L.A. guy now. And, and so... I kind of think that would, like, fit into all of that. Like, someone brought up the Bears, like, earlier this week. I don't, I don't, I know he's from Illinois, but I, I don't, I don't think that fits into his, what he wants right now, going to the Bears. I think, I mean, he, lo- I think he would go to Miami because he loves the beach and golf courses and all that stuff. 
but but that's a long way from LA. Uh, I, I, the geography of it, I think the Arizona makes sense. I just don't know if any of the 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 owner makes sense. Uh, again, Vikings Giants. There are a lot of people that think the Giants are going to win this game. The Vikings, they played. The thing that makes that matchup so interesting is that they played just, what, two weeks ago. And the Vikings won on, what, a 60-yard field goal, 60, 61-yard field goal in the last play. The Saints can't make a 40-something-yard field goal indoors. And this cat's making a 61-yard field. See what you can do indoors? I mean, I wonder what went through Lil Lutz's mind. When he saw this cat make a 61-yard field goal indoors to win a game. Well, indoors, that's really not that difficult. What a bozo. What a idiot kicker, like Peyton Manning would say. An idiot kicker. Maybe Will Lutz was drunk. That's why he missed it. Maybe that was the problem. I mean, that would at least make sense. Let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. I, I can tell you who's drunk. If Sean Payton goes to the Bears, he's drunk. <laughs> I mean, I, and look, I don't, even, I don't want the man. I don't like the man. So he can stay wherever he goes. I don't want that man over there. I mean, as much as we probably, you know, use him good, but I don't want him there. I understand. I mean, he, Awful he's, fit. He's drunk. I mean. Number one, your kicker's got to go. That dude, he done. What, what's awful. wrong with this guy? Oh, I mean, it's just, it's not that hard. It, 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 it's not that hard. And he's indoors. Yes. Just I, kick I, the ball straight, Cat. I mean, it's not that difficult. Yeah, you could probably get a nose guard from Northside to kick a, a oh, little better than that guy did this year. Awful. It's, it's awful. Very awful. Hey, would you ever sit down and, and, and tell your listeners like what went down when when you left your last you know the last station is that something you would talk about or is that something that's keeping under under wraps? I mean, it's not. I mean, it, it you know I, I would do it. I mean, it's not it's not some sinister thing. You know the oh, okay. the, the pandemic came. The pandemic uh-huh. came, and it's owned by a national company, and so they don't know who I am. They're just looking at numbers, and so they everybody was making cuts, and they just made cuts, and I was just one of them. I mean, it, no, I, I don't think it was I'm anything uh, complicated. Now, before the one before that was a little more complicated, but that that was just simply, um, you know, a result of the pandemic. Yeah, I mean, it was good to, I, when I, I was watching. I heard CVP on the other day. Uh, is he getting back into radio, or is that is that another chance, or, or is he good where he's at? I don't think so, because he just got the job in recreation and parks. He hadn't been there that long, so I I, I think he's thinking he's going to be there for a while. Yes, sir. Well, that's good. Good, good for Stevie P. I mean, he's he's one of the good guys. I mean, you you're all right. I mean, I could take you or leave you, but you know, <laughs> it's all right. With the, hey, I'll be uh, I don't know what y'all going to do for a coach. I mean. Mike Dick, I might better dig him oh. up and get him back in the suit. Oh. He was one of the worst. Have oh. a good one, Kev. Thank you. That was a Northside thing. He went to Northside. Stevie P went to Northside. I get it. Those two know Kiko Guzman. And uh, if if you know Kiko Guzman, you're a little sketchy in my opinion. But anyway, that's a little too much.
information. <sighs> no, I don't. By the way, something that Saints hater just said reminded me of something. Well, when he brought up Mike Ditka. You know, there's a lot of Cowboy fans and Saints fans that like go back to back. Uh, you know, go go at each other. And um, and a lot of Cowboy fans are crowing this year because they had a nice season and, and the Saints had uh, what their first losing season since, when was that? Since 16, first losing season in, in six years. And, and that one was really an 11-win season, like I told everyone. They just got bad break after bad break, and everybody says, oh, you just – you just buy it. Well, no, the next year, what did they do? They won 11 games. So, I mean, I was right. But, um, but so, I, I you know, I, I get kind of tired of some of the sports elitism. You know, I, I try to rebuke that mentality a lot. And so, an old, an old friend was talking serious trash on Facebook about the Saints and trying to downgrade the Saints. And I said, hold up, cat. So I looked it up. I, I, I knew the Cowboys haven't been very good for the last, you know, for this whole century. You know, they've had a few good teams here and there, but they've been mostly not a, not really all that good. And I know the Saints. And so I looked it up. How many times have the Saints won fewer than seven games since Mike Ditka? And remember, Mike Ditka was pre-Y2K, so that was last century. And the answer is, well, I think the the answer technically is one, but it's the Katrina season. So in my mind, that doesn't count. So to me, the answer is zero. So I said, well, let me look it up. How many times have the Cowboys lost one fewer than seven games this century? Well, that answer is seven. So I would chill if I was a Cowboy fan talking too much trash because, you know, Y2K wasn't last year. It's getting to be a little we're – get, we're getting to be, like, a little away from Y2K. That, that was kind of a long time ago. They got people like that have full-time jobs that weren't even born then. Um, so, yeah, I, I would kind of chill on trying to downgrade the Saints if I was a Cowboy fan. Let, let, let's have a little consistency first. You know, maybe 10 years from now, the Dennis Allen thing really sets the Saints spiraling out of control going downhill – which hopefully doesn't happen, and the Cowboys actually start becoming a consistent winner again. But uh, seven times you hadn't even got to seven wins this this century. So let's chill on that a little bit. Um, all right, we'll take a timeout, come back with more on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. Medicine season. Medicine season. Now, a season in which a college or professional sports team suffers a disappointing season due to injuries or fluky incidents. Also known as paying the piper. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Boy, do the Saints need a here comes the sun moment. All right, we have lots of fun here at Delta Media. If you're looking for a career change and have any type of sales experience from retail to telemarketing, 
Anything in between, Delta Media wants to hear from you. Email your resume to sales director John Ed Cochran at jcochran, J-C-O-C-H-R-A-N, at deltamediacorps.com, or call her at 896-1600, 896-1600. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. Let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, Kevin. Howdy, sir. Hey, you know when you when Mike Dick was brought up, it brought up like this range of emotion. I just remember when I was young, and then we fired Mike Dick, right? And then ESPN hires him as a football analysis analyst, right? No. And I'm just thinking, did y'all just watch? What what happened in New Orleans? Oh, he was just he's just he was such a moron. You know how they talk about the game has passed him by. They say like the game had literally passed him by. Like he was trying to win in the NFL in the late nineties. The, the game was a little. It was more like the eighties than it is now. That's true. But he, he was trying to win like it was the fifties or sixties minus Norm Van Brocklin. Like he he drafted all these. High character guys, so say that were slow, small yeah. and slow. I mean, Cat, yeah. uh, it, it, he was a complete moron. Yeah, you know, I understand ESPN hired him for you know because he's a character or whatever. Yeah. But like, I just couldn't believe that after what we went through, he's going to be on you know yeah. ESPN no. and, and analyzing games. Oh, I was glad. Right. Go be an analyst. Just get away from New Orleans. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah, that's mainly one of the ones to talk about. But another thing was uh, this Bengals Ravens game. Mm-hmm. They just played last week, week, right? And the Bengals pretty much handed the Ravens, you know, uh, a pretty big L. Or you know, they they and normally well, you know, again, like, right? But normally, I would say that's advantage Ravens. But the problem right, with the Ravens is they don't have their quarterback. And I, I, I don't know. Their offense is just – they have injuries. I mean, they just – their offense is just not good. Well, uh, I don't know. Uh, <clears throat> they've been holding on to J.K. Dobbins. Like, they've been withholding him all season, waiting – not withholding. Like, you know what I'm saying? They kind of, like, held on to him, let him recover or whatever, trying to trying to get him ready for playoff action. So, And he didn't play last game either. Um from what I, from what Look, I heard. At um, times, they can so, get turnovers. If they can get to plus three, I think they can win. But if not, I just don't know if they can muster enough offense. Yeah. That's the only that's the only one I can kind of see an upset in. I'm with uh, you there. All right. Well, I appreciate it, Kevin. Thank you. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, Kevin. Good morning. Good morning. They say time heals all wounds. Well... I basically had a week to get over all this stuff, and I'm still mad at Mark Ingram. But, I mean, as mad as we want to be at Dennis Allen, we're a foot away from hosting the Cowboys this week. Oh, no. That's the bottom line. I get it. I get it. I'm I'm not happy, but if you really step back where Mark Ingram's sticking a football out away from being the division champs and hosting a playoff game, and – it's, uh, I guess, it's, is that optimistic? I don't know what you'd call it. Delusional? I don't know. What I mean, it just it is it. what it is. I mean, 
Uh, just, just, oh, I just, I just wish, I just can't wait to know what the next plan is, and and hopefully, you know, crawfish isn't part of it, and and and, and I'm just ready to move forward. I just, and they can get a new kicker. That's what I was going to so ask. Crushing. What is moving forward? I think the first thing is you got to get a new offensive coordinator. Whether you run the same offense or a different offense, our defenses, when they play, we know what they're capable of doing when they play like they're capable of playing. And I think they're going to trim a lot of fat. As much as I love Demario Davis, I think his, his time has come. But I do think between Vaughn and Ellis, and Warner, I think they're going to be okay at linebacker. I think we're going to – Davenport's going to go. To, to me, the most disappointing thing right now is Peyton Turner. For him to be a healthy scratch the last game of the year, that's – No, he played. He we, played in the last game. He did? Okay. Yeah. Well, we got depth across the, the defensive line. Our linebacker – our secondary is wonderful. I'd love another safety. I don't know why I'm thinking Tyron Matthews is soft. He actually – somebody told me he actually – had his most tackles in the last five or seven years, which surprised me because I kind of thought he played a little soft this year. But our secondary is actually better than we think. So I, I better than Dennis Allen think. being a defensive coach, what kind of offense do you run? Do we become a run-heavy offense? We get a grinder. There's a bunch of good free agent running backs on the market this year. Is that the route you go? They got to get a running back, and they have a bunch of speed receivers with with, 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 with Crawfish at quarterback. It just didn't make any sense, and and they got a, a great open field runner that they've turned into a dump truck. I mean, just, again, it's not about getting a new offense. It's just understanding and adapting to your personnel. Crawfish has got to go. Yeah, look, I, I'm, I, I get it. So that, to me, is where I'll be focused on in the offseason. It starts with getting a new coordinator and then trying to figure out what offense you want to run. I think you run something that complements the defense as opposed to the other way around right now, um, especially having a defensive-minded coach. But I, I give Allen. Allen's earned the right to have another year of – Right. right. If yep. if he makes changes, but here, let, let, before I let you go, let me leave you with this because this this hit me yesterday. What are they gonna do? And I think this is actually likely. What are they gonna do if no one gives any kind of a decent offer? And why would they to Gus or Davenport? Like Davenport was atrocious this year. So like. Why, why, we're all assuming somebody else is going to sign these guys. Like, why would they sign them? Good question. Well, we don't have to sign them either. That's what I'm asking. Would the Saints keep them it's, on the cheap? I would think it, it's better than the alternative. I think Davenport on the cheap is better than starting from scratch because he has shown flashes. And there are times where he's applied pressure but didn't get the sack, and that that's worth something. But yeah, I'm not going to overpay for the dude. No, well, I wouldn't no, pay not. I wouldn't pay anything like for him. Unfortunately, it's in a position where somebody's going to somebody's going to give him a shot. Well, that's fine. I mean, take take him. I, I'm just I'm just saying. Well, let me go. I got to get one more call in. God bless. Th- thanks, Joey. For Jacksonville. No. 
I think Joey said root for Jets. Oh, I'm sorry. So they, they're off. But, uh, no, I think some people – I think some Saints fans are going to be really pulling for Jacksonville to win. I think I think they are. All right. Let's take a timeout. We'll come back on the game. We'll be back. Welcome back. I want to remind you, if you have a Google – Home smart speaker, Amazon Alexa, do the smart thing and add radio to its usefulness. Just ask your Alexa or Google Home to play the game, Southwest Louisiana. It's that easy. So do the smart thing and have the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, with you, home, office, wherever you go. All right, so getting back to the Vikings and the Giants, if I just had to make a pick, look, I think it's very possible the Giants are pretty good defensively. That they're going to force turnovers. And Kirk Cousins is going to be the butt of jokes. And they're going to be plus two and they're going to win. I think that's very possible. But if that doesn't happen, straight up, I think the Vikings win. So, now again, the Vikings have a history of that. So, I could see them turning it over and the Giants win very easily. But if you tell me the turnovers are going to be even, I think the Vikings win. I just don't – I think it's kind of like the Saints-Arnold's matchup. I don't know that the Giants' offense, their passing offense, is good. That's the way to beat Minnesota. That's the way to mess their defense up. Throwing the ball with a really good passing offense, they're not real good. Their pass defense is bad. But I don't know if the Giants can take advantage of it. So, again, not knowing if there's going to be turnovers. If the turnovers are about even, I think the Vikings just have a little too much offense. Now, if they turn it over, certainly, you know, the Vikings can can certainly, you know, the Giants can certainly win the game. I think it's a pretty even matchup. I'm just not real comfortable with the the biggest weakness of the Vikings be in their pass defense and the Giants' passing offense being the worst part of their game. So I, I just don't think they – I don't know how well they match up with the Vikings. Um, as far as the Cowboys and the Yucks, you know, again, if you tell me the turnovers are even, I think Cowboys win. But Dak's got – like he's been throwing picks like crazy. Um, I think Tampa's defense is not as good as it's been the last three or four years, but it's still good. I just and and the Cowboys defense has been miserable. They've been getting burned. I don't think I don't know that it's good for the Saints. Although I don't, I don't you know. The Saints, in my mind, I mean, they should. I know they got swept, but they should have swept them. They outplayed the Yucks this year in both games. They outplayed them. Um, and the officials took over the first game and, and Mark Ingram, and Mark Ingram took over the second game. And you could argue the officials with all the holding they got away with. Um, I don't know. I kind of think the Yucks are going to win. But if the turnovers are even, the Cowboys are going to win because I think they're better. But I don't. But it. But I think they're just a mistake waiting to happen. That's kind of what the Cowboys are. 
We'll see. It'll be fun. We'll take a timeout. No, we won't. We'll go into a weekend. Y'all have a nice one.